Welcome to Deal of the Week, Bloomberg's podcast on the world of mergers and acquisitions. I'm Ed Hammond, your host this week, and joining me is Bloomberg Gadfly columnist Tara Lachapelle and our colleague in Los Angeles who covers media and entertainment, Anusha Sakui. So this week, guys, we're going to be talking about Fox, which has been the subject of a lot of news recently. Originally, I think we heard that Disney had made a bid for certain Fox assets. That then seemed to go quiet. And then just in the last few days, there have been a, a sort of slew of news stories saying that Comcast are looking at it, Verizon are looking at it, possibly Sony are looking at it, and and a few, uh, potentially a few others around that as well. So Tara, lots going on, lots of fast moving pieces to this story. Can you just sort of bring us up to speed? Where are we now on this? So what's happening is uh, AT&T is buying Time Warner, which has sort of uh, lit a fire under all these companies to start con- thinking about building scale, conglomerate building once again in the industry, particularly media, because content is so valuable and it's driving um, people to choose what skinny bundles they're going to buy, what streaming packages they're going to go for as they sort of get rid of these more expensive, expansive cable packages. So the goal is to have a lot of content. And so we saw Disney reportedly make uh, an approach to 21st Century Fox, which is surprising at first because right, these two companies, um, Disney owns ABC News, Fox obviously is behind Fox News. They're on these sort of opposing ends of the political spectrum, which is only enhanced with this political environment this year. But if you look at what they were trying to do, it makes a whole lot of sense. Disney sees some undervalued assets in the Fox empire that they could buy, take advantage of, and probably run better, give more resources to than Fox is doing because the Murdochs are so focused on their very profitable crown jewel, which is Fox News and their sports programming. And now we're seeing these other companies start to say, well, hey, if they're willing to sell some stuff, we're interested too. So let, let me just pull you up on this. On the, on the assets, you're talking about very valuable assets. You wrote a column on exactly this subject where you're talking about really the sum of the parts um, and how if they were to sell the assets that have been identified as potentially interesting to these companies, they could raise about $25 billion, um, which actually you're saying that would mean that would suggest that 21st Century Fox has an implied value of $76 billion, which is roughly 50% more than its current market valuation. So is that really what's driving this? Are Fox just looking at sort of the way the company's valued and saying, hey, you know, if we exit these assets, we're going to get a much better return than if we just stay as being sort of assessed by the public markets? Yeah, I think it's twofold. I mean, on the one hand, the money is, you know, a really compelling piece of it. Obviously, Fox is undervalued. Um, We looked at this report from a Wells Fargo analyst that was uh, really detailed, and it went into what all these different pieces are worth. And basically, the stuff they could sell, which includes like FX Network, National Geographic, their film business, some of their investments they have in Sky, Hulu, etc. That could be worth about $36 billion or more, which is most of the current market cap, which implies that Fox News is undervalued right now. So if they could kind of break up and sell things off, they could raise a lot more money, which is very appealing to the Murdochs if they're going to be looking to buy things and, and scale up. Let me bring Anusha in here because she's done a lot of good stuff on the Murdochs. Anusha, the Murdochs are empire builders. So why would they do this? Why would they want to dismantle part of their empire? Well, this is the big question that no one can really answer because, you know, they're not one of the Murdochs. Uh, If they were, they they might know. But, you know, completely as as Tara was saying, you know, they have been frustrated that um, the market has, you know, undervalued their assets. And one of the reasons for that is the company has what's sort of called a Murdoch discount, but it's not actually that peculiar to this family. It's, um, you know, media has a lot of family-controlled 
stocks and, you know, with super voting stocks. So they trade at a discount to some of their peers. And that's something that, you know, has come up again and again. You know, you can just sort of do a search for the word frustrated, which I did the other day, actually, and it comes up quite a lot with regard to this to this topic. So in one way, what, what uh, Fox can do is like, you know, what if they change the market perception about whether or not they're sellers, you know, of assets, and they've never, never been seen as sellers of, of a business, because supposedly it would be the sort of, you know, family business going forward. Right, just by changing that perception, really, investors are like, you know, trying to figure this out. It's a real, that is a real surprise. It's not a surprise that anybody would be interested in. Clearly, everybody's interested right now. Um, it's just that no one had thought that. So really, everyone's trying to reposition this and decide, you know, whether or not they're, they're sellers. And, you know, my understanding is that, you know, wrote a profile this week of uh, the thinking of James Murdoch, CEO. And, uh, you know, there is, a, in media right now, the companies are kind of, you know, there's, there's six different major studios, right? So there's there's a lot of diversity. There's pro- potentially a lot of consolidation that could happen that hasn't happened. And that it's sort of separating into haves and haves not, have nots. And the question is, Fox now has, you know, a great, assets with, you know, Fox News, their sports businesses, its studio is, you know, struggling, uh, hasn't had huge hits. And what if they don't sell now? You know, what's going to happen in the future? So- well, well, let's just let's just assume that they do sell now. Okay, so you're talking about them being slightly frustrated. There's this Murdoch discount, which I suppose you could also characterize as a scandal discount, because they do seem to be continually the subject <laughs> of scandals. If they do sell now, if they get this $25 billion, what do they do? question well and, and that was sort of my first reaction i was like well you know what, what does the family do going forward obviously they've still got news call um and then the remaining business is you know really quite big i mean it sort of depends about whose valuation you look at but there was you know one from rbc which uh, suggested that you know the assets that they were selling was probably about a third of the of the total value and you know so you've still got like a 50 billion dollar company remaining and um and you know they could run those television assets question is whether or not that would survive on its own because it would be relatively small and then you know the family would would you know potentially split up with James Murdoch going off to do something else we've written you know just this week about them you know maybe he would go with an acquirer to manage assets maybe he'd go off and start his own company so so Tara you know you know the M&A landscape you know I suppose potentially what they could buy 25 billion dollars would be a significant war chest is this something obvious that Fox would kind of go out and look to acquire I mean everything's in flux right now because we don't know what's going to happen with Time Warner and I think that really is a key piece of this puzzle because we know Fox really wanted to buy Time Warner at one point just a couple of years ago and Time Warner snubbed them but it did put Time Warner in play and that's how we ended up with this AT&T deal if that deal were to fall apart I think that Time Warner is a natural asset they'd be interested in once again. Who knows if anything would happen? And for what it's worth, I think the AT&T deal stands a good shot still. On the other hand, if that if Time Warner is off the table as it is at the moment, Fox either needs to scale up, which is what all these companies need to do, or take advantage of their rivals' need to scale up by selling their assets at a really, really nice premium. So if they were to do that, I mean, it, it's, it's anyone's guess what they could do with the money. I, there are some small companies that I think could be in play, not necessarily for Fox, but the companies that are weak right now that you know opportunistic buyers could look at include like Viacom, AMC Networks, MSG Networks. Uh, those are two 
Dolan family companies, and they're sort of the weaker of the Dolan empire right now. Um, WWE, the wrestling uh, company, all of these are sort of forgotten, lost in the shuffle in the story right now. And we saw Discovery bid for Scripps, which is the owner of HGTV. So I think you're going to start seeing a lot of content companies trying to merge or sell stuff uh, to these buyers that are really interested in, in scaling up like a Disney. Disney wants to have their own streaming app, which is going to need a lot of uh, premiere film and TV content if they want to compete with like a Netflix because they're pulling their content from Netflix. So I, I think it's just sort of a, a big feast right now in the industry and it's trying to figure out, well, who are the buyers and sellers? And the Murdochs could be both buyers and sellers. I think if James Murdoch is interested in potentially going uh, with the entertainment assets to a, a a buyer such as Disney, then it, it really makes things interesting because it makes you wonder what is the plan for the Murdochs? Like, are they trying to, uh, are, the, are their sons trying to sort of narrow the empire and, and focus it more? Or are they looking to branch out and try to have their hands in a bunch of different things? It, it's, it's hard to guess at the moment. And just to, to throw in this this one idea, like, we, you know, what's going to be the consideration? You know, is it going to be stock? Are they going to be holding, you know, uh, a stake in a Comcast mm-hmm. or a Disney? Anusha, on the James Murdoch point, you wrote this this great piece with your colleague David Hellier, or I suppose I should say our colleague, about how James Murdoch is looking at a future beyond 21st century Fox. Is he seen as the driving force behind these asset sales, or is this Rupert and James will potentially depart as a result of whatever happens? My understanding here is Rupert is the driving force. Um, it's, this is not um, a negotiating point, you know, his future or, you know, something that um, is... is, is driving it you know who knows because you know you're not really in the room and there's you know lots of sort of palace intrigue with the Murdoch family it has been for decades but Rupert is um, very pragmatic and uh, you know has been very opportunistic in the past and um, and uh, you know it's not been the first time that he's done a deal that you know has kind of like changed everyone's perception of what's going on in media so um, you know it's it's not surprising to see him potentially you know take the lead and and, and, and uh, go into a different direction. And one thing that we, you know, if we're talking about Fox, we can't really avoid, particularly in the current climate, but there, there have been these sort of issues around sexual harassment at Fox. Obviously, uh, some of the sort of very big names to fall in this, this current uh, wave have been in some ways tied to Fox. How as an acquirer do you assess that sort of that legacy issue of potentially acquiring assets, whether, you know, these, these sort of reputational problems? I was going to say, I think for a lot of the buyers, they're not necessarily looking at the pieces that have been impacted by this. And Fox is such an interesting company because on the one side, you have these highly political you know, news assets that have been plagued by these uh, scandals. And then on the other side, you have these entertainment assets that make so much of their money off of the kind of ads that you know are, are <laughs> driven by companies that are pushing the opposite viewpoint on a lot of these things and, and different messages. So it's, it's kind of fascinating how they make their money. And I think if a buyer were looking at them, they're looking at the pieces that fall into that entertainment category and less on the side of Fox News, which is sort of their their baby, the Murdoch's baby, but also they're managing that scandal laid inside of the company. The sexual harassment and racial discrimination suits have been largely coming out of and linked to Fox News. So, yeah. And, and I mean, you know, it sort of raises another question. It That has sort of delayed the Sky deal. Um, and, you know, there's sort of conspiracy theories about whether or not this could be linked to that. So how that plays out and, you know, how putting the company in play could affect 
the potential for the sky deal or for regulators to clear the sky deal it's not that obvious just on that where where we are with the sky deal so they so fox owns 39 percent of sky and have been trying to buy the remainder is that correct that's right. And, you know, they tried to do so back in 2010, 11, and when phone hacking scandal blew up, that they had to pull that deal back, as we probably uh, all remember. And, you know, they're trying to do it again and once again, sort of plagued by scandal. And that has caused a, a sort of delay um, in in the process because regulators have taken extra time to scrutinize this deal. And even this week, um, you know, uh, opponents to the deal, uh, rights groups have been uh, lobbying um, uh, lawmakers in the UK about it. So, you know, it's it's a risk. And there's, there's also the added layer of the, uh, you know, the future of the UK government, which way it's going to go and would it favor approval of such a deal. Um, so that's in play. And the expectation is that an acquirer of um, Fox, of these Fox of the of the of the Sky Stake, which is expected to be uh, sold uh, in any deal, um, would have to carry on and, and buy the rest of those assets. Uh, so, you know, make a bid for the rest of the, the shares. So, you know, it, it, I know that I, there, there are investors out there that are thinking, you know, what does it mean that maybe if investors or regulators in the UK think that that deal doesn't, doesn't happen, maybe that could jeopardize Sky and Sky News? You know, so that, that's a question. So with or without the Murdochs, the Sky deal will probably, someone will probably try and push it through. So, Tara, I, we, again, we have to talk about this, but AT&T, Time Warner, mm-hmm. we've seen the P- Department of Justice come out last night, file a suit to block the merger. We've seen AT&T come back and say, <laughs> hell no, we're going to take this to court and fight you. What effect does this have on, I suppose, a potential deal for Fox, but just more broadly on, on any big M&A in the media and entertainment landscape? Yeah, I mean, the ramifications of this court decision are going to be massive, very widespreading. I think that it's not going to stop companies right now from talking about these deals and thinking about these deals, just because regardless of what happens, there is this need for scale. And we know that the distributors, both on the wireless side and the cable and satellite side, are looking to team up with them, and they're looking to get hold of good content. And Comcast NBC Universal is a, a great example of that from years ago. Um, so I think no matter what, these talks are going to be going on. But whether or not we see them strike really big mergers to the tune of AT&T and Time Warner, where it's obvious conglomerate building and a vertical merger where they're adding a completely different business than what they're in, um, I think that's going to come down to what this court decision is. I think that right now, um, it seems like from reading the tea leaves that most people think AT&T stands a pretty decent shot just because it's very hard to argue against this merger. Um, so I think, you know, we're just going to wait and see. But in the meantime, smaller mergers are likely to happen. These There's a lot of players that are just getting weaker, like a- AMC and Viacom. And with their stock prices so low and so challenged, I mean, it's only a matter of time before you see someone like a John Malone or a Disney or someone look at that and say, hey, can we do something with this? Yeah, maybe someone tries to sneak in a big deal under the wire. What, uh, <laughs> the Department of Justice are tied up in court. So that's it for this week's episode. You can expect more Bloomberg reporters and M&A professionals who are doing deals in real time. Until then, you can find us on the Bloomberg Terminal and at Bloomberg.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or any app you can use to listen to podcasts. And take a minute to rate and review the show while you're there. You can also find me on Twitter at EdHammondNY. You can find Tara on Twitter at... Tara L-A-C-H and you can find Anusha on Twitter at Anusha Sakui Sarah Patson is our producer and Francesca Levy is head of podcasts 